Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other mic, is he a good Terminator, a bad Terminator, or a neutral Terminator? <laughs> it's uh, it's Elements of Madness writer, Hunter Eilman. Welcome Hi. back to the podcast, Hunter. Hi, my name is Trent now, actually. Um, so... Please address me as such. Are, what what kind of Terminator are you? Well, first of all, what kind of Terminator are you? And second of all, what is a neutral Terminator? Like, it's been a couple of years since I've seen T2, but I'm pretty sure Mama d- does not know what she's talking about. I don't remember any neutral Terminators. Yeah, but I mean, if we think about it, I mean, my grandma doesn't say things that make sense. 60% of the time anyway. So it, it tracks, but um, I would say that like, you know those kids at the beginning of the movie that get vaporized, like on the swings during the opening credits? That's about oh, yeah. where I stand. I don't know what they are, but I do know that I identify with them. So, um, yeah. I can't really answer Mamaw's inherently flawed question, but, um, you know, the logic of Mamaw, the wisdom of Mamaw is, is deep and profound. And so. Well, we're going to be talking a lot about the wisdom of Mamaw because. In our post Thanksgiving break, by the way, happy happy belated Thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it, however you want to celebrate, just just happy fall season to um, you. Thank you, I love it. It's fabulous, but um, I am ready for everyone to go home so I can stop stressing over um, how much COVID is being spread right now. Well, to take your mind off that, let's. Let's take our mind to kind of the only like really big movie release of the Thanksgiving holiday season, which was Hillbilly Elegy. I'd on like Netflix. to think about COVID again uh, now. Just thinking <laughs> about it, I think that's a little bit more fun. Um, a little bit rosier. Um, th- so this is an adaptation of the best-selling memoir by J.D. Vance, um, brought to the screen by by none other than ron howard how do how do you feel about ron howard as as a as a filmmaking figure i feel like every time i like one of ron howard's movies it's not because of ron howard Mm. it's not because i think he's like a fabulous director i think i think he's good a lot of times um he's a a journeyman yes because he's like he's like a solid like studio workman director yeah i mean and even then what's good is great and what's bad is sometimes like laughably bad like sometimes you get like things like apollo 13 or you get something like a beautiful mind or frost nixon but then or even rush uh, i forgot about Rush. yeah i I really like rush i was i was about to say that and apollo 13 are like the two that immediately come to mind and like ones that i have enjoyed of his movies but Um, on the other flip side of that you also have the whole da vinci code series and the grinch and uh (laughs) like and hillbilly elegy or um what was that one he directed that really um stupid one with vince vaughn the dilemma oh oh yeah i never saw but i i I totally forgot that happened until you like just mentioned it just now man yeah so it's it's very strange because on one hand he does some real like it's he's just so all over the place 
So I mean, he did a Star place. Wars movie. That was his his last Allegedly. project was doing the like a a bad Star Wars movie. I wouldn't. I honestly, I'll I'll be real with you. I don't actually think Solo is that bad. However, a forgettable Star Wars movie. How, forget, how about that? Forgettable Star Wars movie that also has the um, unfortunate distinction of having something a lot better promised and then taken away from us, which was yes. the Lord and Chris Miller um, behind the behind the camera. So. Uh, the entire time, I was just kind of wishing for that to come forward. But with what Ron Howard did, I didn't think it was, like, that bad. I think it's one of his ones that fall, like, in the middle rather than uh, rather than being, like, noticeably good or horribly awful. Yeah. Um, well, let's maybe get into the movie a bit. Um, you know, I I have not read the the book hillbilly elegy which i think just for some context reasons like came out in 2016 i think has had a kind of divisive legacy where i I think there's a camp of people who view it as this kind of like rosetta stone text into understanding the like rural working class white voters that largely helped donald trump uh become the president of the united states in 2016 um, however, I, I have heard there's, you know, the book has since gotten like a big backlash and I, I think there are people even in the kind of, uh, Appalachian community who have sort of like resented the book and kind of people taking it as this like text to understand their communities and, and, and saying that, that, you, that the book in hindsight has sort of like reinforced kind of negative stereotypes about that oh, community as well absolutely. as people who have just. Yeah, as well as just people who I think have kind of pushed up against uh a lot of the the ideology in the the book. I mean, I don't think it's uh I don't I don't think I'm jumping over anything to say that JD Vance seems like a very right-wing individual yes. and some of his observations about um you know, the the causes of poverty and drug abuse are you know, I, I I think have come under criticism is what I'll say. As, as someone who has not read the book and don't really like care to kind of engage with it at this point, um, that's just sort of the secondhand observation I've gotten is that some some people really like it and have viewed it as like a central text into understanding the Trump era, while other people have sort of decried it and it the sort of the the ideological stances that it takes. Have you read the book? No, I have not read the book. Um, but I I do agree with the the idea that it does kind of ne- negatively paint people from like rural America, especially from the the Rust Belt kind of Kentucky, uh, like Southern Ohio type type people. And um, I know it's not technically possible for a movie to be racist against white people, but this one feels like it because it really like I wa- I was watching it and I was just like, this is offensively inaccurate. Like, like it is offensively inaccurate in that I feel like no one involved with this movie has ever met anyone who like hasn't lived in New York or Los Angeles for like the past ding, 20 ding, years. Ding, ding. Like, it's like what. I think Ron Howard views poor people to be like, or like, you know, just like, oh yeah, mom's on drugs again and mama is, is yelling at you. And like, it's just like this very 
I don't even know how to how to describe it. It's like um, it's both. I feel like the white liberal urban view of rural America, and then I also feel like a lot of what's discussed in the movie paints those people as like you know the quote coastal elites, like the you'll never be good enough, like people care. Uh, it's just... yeah. I think I think the the ideology of the well, I maybe I should back myself up. I I think it's interesting that it seems like um, you know. Ron Howard and um, I'm and Vanessa Taylor, who actually wrote the script and is an Oscar nominated, wrote Oscar Shape of winner. Water. Yeah, like yeah, wrote, wrote the wrote the Shape of Water, Oscar nominated screenwriter. It it seems like her and Howard kind of made a very conscious decision to kind of sidestep and kind of like maneuver around kind of the the ideology of Vance's book, but I. I think what you get is this sort of like weird movie that at least for me j- just like flat out does not work. It neither works as a sort of like expose or an explanation of these communities in sort of the the central part of the nation and in the south that are economically crippled and where there are these cycles of abuse and addiction. Um, and it, it just neither works as that or a drama, really. I mean, I'm I'm excited to get into like the the storytelling decisions in this adaptation, which just kind of there baffle are me. Yeah, I mean, it. I guess the simplest way I could sum this up is like, I I can't think of anything less interesting than a movie just about like a person who is just good and just about their goodness and that goodness gets them everywhere in the world. And they made all the right decisions and good on them. And they're a great person. Especially the, when the, said person who is so good is also on Twitter talking hella shit. Oh, can I say that? Maybe. Sure. Okay, cool. Like, you know, I, I, it's I haven't like, looked at, I haven't looked at his Twitter page, but I mean, he, yeah, he just like, I, I saw a lot of stuff leading up to the release of the film where he was just tweeting very ignorant things and it's like oh okay so when i was watching the film i was like you are too perfect of a protagonist especially given the fact that you are a real person i don't like when films based on real life feel like feel like they wouldn't be like this movie i feel like flows in such a way that it just feels like a to b to c to d drama like just just straight up Oscar bait, no real historical context. It was the same way that I felt like something like Green Book did it, where it was like, mm. yeah, you're telling this because you think that it's important to tell, but you're not saying anything with it. You're just you're just doing it and you're doing it in such a misguided way that has no di- literally no direction whatsoever. Then why are we here? Why are we watching this? What do you have to say? Because it apparently is not that much. I think the authenticity is something that really struck out to me. And one of the, I had a, a friend that texted me during uh, the one, I was watching this with my family over the Thanksgiving holiday and uh, his girlfriend wanted to fire it up. And, and he asked how it was. And my, my direct comment was, um, I'm excited to just drop this take on you right here on Mike. My comment about the movie was that it was minding the gap for people who liked American Sniper. Um, 
Oh my god. <laughs> Which I think if you've never seen Minding the Gap, I think it's still on Hulu because it was a documentary that I think it's a they Hulu. released. It was a Hulu original, yeah. Yeah. Um if 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 you can't find it there, there I know the Criterion collection is going to be putting out a, a re-release of it um here in a couple months, but a, a documentary I adored from a couple years ago that I think that's about these um this group of kind of high school friends kind of in entering in that stage of life after high school where you're trying to figure out like college, job, what do I do? And they've bonded over this love of skateboarding, which has kind of been this escape for them as their town has been economically crippled and there are these cycles of addiction and abuse in their community. And I think the way that documentary manages to sort of weave all those very complicated sociological topics, but do it in this very like personal and intimate and very like raw and emotional to the point of like, I remember like breaking down crying a couple times watching that movie. Yeah. It's an effect. Um, it's a very effective movie in a way that. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I almost feel like, I feel like this movie is to some extent trying to highlight some of those same things, but it just can't that stuff kind of gets sort of inevitably thrown to the sidelines of what I think eventually turns into this kind of just like pat on the back storytelling that I, yes. I think thinking about the message of this movie, I the day after I remember like before, um, our, our Thanksgiving meal with my family telling them like, isn't it weird that this movie basically like, I can't, the movie is sort of both arguing like good on JD Vance for sort of getting out of this horrible situation and this poverty while also saying like, be proud of where you came from and damn those coastal elites who don't understand it. And that, and it's somehow like neither make making neither of those contradictory statements like work. In choose one another, choose and just to not of... be accepted by either community. Like, way to alienate yourself, JD Vance. Congrats on your Netflix yeah, or, movie. Or weird that the cli- the sort of like cathartic climax of the movie is him abandoning his mother a... for a driving for a job interview. Yeah, not just that. Just like the climax of this movie is him in a car driving back. To, <laughs> driving back to law school and on the phone with his girlfriend and is just like. Mamma always used to say it is basically just like that was just like wow i can't believe this is like the the moment we have chosen to be the kind of is like i'm gonna tell my life story to my girlfriend over the phone as i just drive and that hasn't like, e- that, that hasn't even been the thing the whole time no not, it hasn't <laughs> like you'd think they would try to run with that from the start of like well here's my story about growing up and well, not really even growing up in Kentucky, because, but like, yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, montage, cool, um, montage of things you didn't tell us throughout this whole thing. Like, what is the right? It's of sort this? of like the movie can't decide what it wants to like. Does it want to be the story of this this kid that through hard work and determination and getting good math grades was able to sort of like move himself out of poverty and into like this prestigious law job or or this prestigious lawyer job 
or does it want to be about like a young man who has been sort of like embarrassed about where he comes from but then like learning to sort of be proud of his heritage and it tries to be both at once and those it, it just sort of annoyed me and baffled me that you had those sort of polar opposite themes kind of butting up against each other and it makes sort of the whole thing feel empty and contradictory in sort of the worst possible way yeah and so my family is from rural tennessee so like i am aware of this kind of life and uh Mm -hmm. and with that well maybe not exactly but like i know like i know these people and i can tell you these people talk about being from these places so much and i guarantee you not a single person in tennessee really consistently has to remind other people who live in tennessee that they live in tennessee it's like this oh he's from ohio which is like kentucky borders ohio he's probably from they said three hours three hours away Mm -hmm. and let's bully him because he's from three hours away there's like no this doesn't happen none of the things in this movie feel like they are things that actually happen in real life they all feel like things that either someone came up with to try to paint a very certain picture in a very crude manner in a very short amount of time or it's someone saying something happened to them to make themselves look better in the certain light of something narrative it's it's just all so frustrating and then on top of that it's just poor like not only that the dialogue is hilariously bad it's not even like it's not even like it's a well-made misfire it's like no this is pretty bad throughout like you might have gotten two really great actresses to say these bad lines, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still such bad lines that Glenn Close and Amy Adams can't even save them. Do you know? Like, well, that, do you maybe know that's... how much you've messed up when that's the case? Well, maybe that's a moment for us to kind of transition into. I think we can both agree this this movie just for what it sets out to be, just like crashes and burns and is is kind of a failure yeah but i feel like we am i right (laughs) i feel like we need to talk have a long conversation about amy adams and glenn close in this movie who are two wondrous actresses both like arguably the in the conversation for like the best actresses of their separate generations um both have been nominated for academy awards numerous times 13 between them yeah and i feel like you so you and i did a very fun kind of like oscar uh podcast series earlier this year um that was and i feel like yeah doesn't that feel like a decade ago at this point are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) oh but i i feel like we need to have a long conversation about how Amy Adams and Glenn Close fit into this movie. Cause I kind of could not escape the feeling that this is a movie just sort of designed for the boat for both of them to just finally clinch those long deserved Oscars yeah. and doing the most kind of like waving your hands in the air, like, Hey, please. I was just about to say Amy Adams just screaming throughout the whole thing uh i mean i i i i'm about to like just pass the mic over to you because i i actually don't know how you think about glenn close but i know you are like the devout like 
Amy Adams well, scholar yeah. in my life. And, but I, I love both of these actresses, I and I was kind of just like, I, I just cannot stand this kind of acting that is so mannered and is so like, let me just sort of like pull every like wig and like weird it's, outfit out of my like actor bag. And it, it is so mannered to the point where like the, the line, it all I see is the acting. If that yeah. makes sense. It's, it's so mannered that it takes me out of the movie. Yeah. It's very um like, I was gonna say something I forgot. It was, I don't. Know. It's very like Mary Queen of Scots syndrome or like Bohemian Rhapsody syndrome of just like this is acting, and it's like no, you put on a shitty wig and you said you're acting. I have yet to see mm-hmm. any real like Oscar worthy acting going on here, but you know they're gonna, you know they're gonna like this movie though. You know, typical Oscar voters. To how the you know generational gap skews with that because uh one thing i'll i see a lot with this is a lot of older audiences very much so identifying with it and it is interesting though that like uh you know i was watching it with my aunt and uncle and it, it was interesting like as soon as glenn close or like about i would say like 30 minutes into the movie my aunt kind of straight up saying like i i don't i think glenn close is a little like out of her element in this and you know like i love glenn close but glenn close has a very there's something very waspy about her and yeah. it just it 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 feels like I, I don't know did you she's she's like she's kind of like like american royalty she's kind of she yeah. gets off the same vibe as like julie andrews does where it's just like glenn close enters a room and everyone is quiet and respectful. Like she is regal, you know, very mm-hmm. carries herself in such a, a classy way that just see her jump to a role like this that just really doesn't fit her. It's just like, okay, so this is just a show, just to see like how far you can go, what you can do, how bad of a wig you can put on. Like it, it didn't feel like something that I felt like Glenn Close really felt any sort of passion over other than damn it i'm gonna get this oscar yeah which feels like i who knows there might have been some personal reason that her and adams took these roles but it's 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 so hard not to view it through that lens especially close who like she's from greenwich connecticut let's be well who came very very close to winning a best like the the wife seemed just sort of like this movie designed to give get her her Oscar, and then at the last minute we got the the Olivia Coleman surprise. And which so, I'm like, sorry, it's, it's, so... it's still justified. It really is. Oh, I I agree. I mean, I did not like the wife, but like, uh, you know, it's it's so hard not to view this as a like fine, like this this is what I must do to I must do this sort of transformative performance in order to like finally grasp the oscar yeah um because that's do you, the, do you that's... have any like per- personal favorite glenn close performances or um, like looking back anything that you think that she like that's the one she should have won for um what all which what's all has she been nominated for let's see 
I mean, I was going to say off the top Fatal of, Attraction. I was about to say, off the top of my head, I was going to say Fatal Attraction, but I couldn't remember if she was nominated for that or not. Um, I believe she was. I'll look it up. Dangerous um, Liaisons is another one that, she's, that comes yeah. to mind. Uh, Academy Awards. Yes, she was nominated for Fatal Attraction. I love Fatal Attraction. I remember watching that movie with my grandmother when I was younger. And Great movie. My grandma loves it. She still has it on VHS. Uh, fabulous movie. She's so good in it. Um, I think she's great in Dangerous Liaisons as well. Albert Knobs is a one is another one of those movies, kind of like this, where I'm just like, okay, like mm-hmm. the transformation. Wow. But I felt yeah. like something like The Wife. You know, I actually quite like The Wife. I think it's. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a, an interesting movie. And what I appreciate about Glenn Close's performance in that is that it's not that sort of transformative performance. She is. Yes. She is very much so kind of playing it close to the chest with it, and that she is playing this regal, composed, albeit scorned woman that was really it was like quietly subdued and i was like you know what that kind of feels right for it to be gwen close's oscar am i glad yeah. olivia colvin still won yes um but i you know you can't deny that gwen close is just the best and yeah here's the thing she's doing sunset boulevard like she's doing the sunset boulevard oh that's right uh musical which she if i'm correct won a tony for so um, i believe so and i mean i was just about to ask did she ever win um i'm looking okay so she did win at some point for the tv show damages that she was on for a long time and then her other three oscar nominations were for were supporting for the natural the big chill and the world according to guard yeah and then she's won golden globes throughout you know damages she won for the wife tech actually but um yeah but yeah, um, I forgot she was in Damages. I never watched that show because it was like TVMA, and I couldn't mm-hmm. watch that when it initially came out. But like, Gwen Close and Rose Byrne sounds too good to be true for me. I need to really get Yeah, I remember that show being really big when it was on. I was, like you, maybe a little too young to watch it in its prime, but I, I, a show that like, tons of, like, I think John Goodman and like Ted Danson and were on that show at one point it had like a giant rotating cast of people yeah who it reminds me it um point. it reminds me a, a a bit of like the good fight the one that's on right now mm. with uh with christine baranski also like a rotating cast like delroy lindo's in it and uh rose leslie was in it audra mcdonald like a lot of like broadway actors playing in a very yeah. serious uh legal show bernadette peters michael sheen like it's it's one of those ones where it's like i don't hear that many people talking about it except for like my gay friends but other than that it kind of almost feels too good to be true to be so under like under talked about but you know it's still like i think she was gypped for fatal attraction and dangerous liaisons but everything everything since i can't say that i've like felt like Gwen close was actually robbed yeah well i think we can both agree she's um incredibly miscast in this movie yeah Um, and i mean she still gives the best performance and i think that says a lot about Gwen close as an actress it's like she can be miscast completely be in the wrong role saying terrible lines and somehow is still the best part of the movie 
I'm not sure if that says a lot about Glenn Close or just how bad Hillbilly Elegy is. I think it's a little bit of both. Is it bad that my immediate take about the Glenn Close performance was Glenn Close did an excellent job playing Jim Carrey playing Joe Biden as Mama? Okay, it's been great this week. Um, we <laughs> will uh, talk next. Bye. That's that's just rude. <laughs> Don't do Glenn Close like that. Uh, let's talk about Amy Adams, that's... who I know we both really love. I've loved her in pretty much every single thing she's in. And the movies that I don't like her in, like, you know, those Superman movies or Nocturnal Animals. Shut I think up. I don't we like don't her. talk about the Superman movies. <laughs> Well, those movies and Nocturnal Animals, like, I I don't like her in those movies because I don't think those movies know what to do with her. And if sort of I walk out of those movies like nobody puts Amy in the corner. Um, but I, I, I love Amy Adams. I, but the thing I love about her is that I think she's such a, an understated performer and can do so much with small gestures. And, and the times that she does go big are for comedies whether it's enchanted or talladega nights or even american hustle and i i don't know i think she's a great comedic performer but in dramas i think knows how to be understated and very naturalistic to a point where just like i i believe she is a real person and in a sort of real situation and this just seems like the most kind of like playing to the back seats kind yeah. of overacting that it, it it just it's not what i think she excels at as an actress if that makes exactly sense. i was just about to say that how it's just like it's just a little too much and it's like i feel like if you put amy adams in too much makeup it's like okay like then what it, what do we really have here because i don't think she needs it or that sounds like real white nighty like oh you don't even need makeup but like i mean I just feel like she is such a good actress that you don't have to give her that massive full physical transformation for something to work. It was the reason why I felt like she was really misused in Vice as well. Mm, as like, yes, another don't put Amy in the corner movie. Yeah, where it's just like, oh God, like she doesn't, you don't need to do this to her. Like just let her do her thing and she's she'll be fine. And, I mean, that's where I think her best performances lie. I think her best film performance is one that she wasn't even nominated for, which uh, I don't think is any any shock to anyone that it is Arrival. Uh, yep. Yeah, her best performance. Would agree there. Yeah, her best performance is Arrival. Uh, wasn't even nominated for an Oscar. I would say her best performance in general was Sharp Objects. I think oh, yeah. She was really a, good on that. I did a, not like that show, but I thought she was great <gasps> on it. You didn't like Sharp Objects? I love sharp objects. I, I um, just thought it was. I have a hard time with like tough hang shows that I have yeah. to spend like seven hours depressed over. <laughs> that yeah, sharp objects is one of the darker, darker stories to really be told. I remember listening to the audiobook and like I was like sick to my stomach, but I gravitated. Well, do do like you that. do you have a, a a top five Adams performances? I hate to put you on the spot, but I know you're such an Amy Adams. Oh person and you, i've been kind of stewing over this as yeah. well oh you're good um yeah definitely uh number one sharp objects number two arrival uh number three from that point i would probably say eh, the master 
love her in the master. Yeah, that's that's the one I couldn't. So far, you and I are pretty much on track, but maybe yeah. in like different orders. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that's weirdly the performance that I couldn't stop thinking about when I was watching her in in this movie, just because like she is doing so much with so little in that movie. And they're just like, like there are close-ups of just her face in that yep. movie where she is doing so much with just her eyes yeah. and the slightest twitch of her mouth that it just like bl- blows my mind. And I think is just like you on don't... a whole nother level than, and is much more deeper and nuanced than like anything she's doing in this movie. You don't have to physically transform amy adams she will do that for you she will do your job as a director and a a costume designer and makeup and hair artist for you because she'll just do what she does on screen and if you don't have to tell her to do too much she'll be fine and that's what makes me mad about this movie um from there i would say four mm, four is probably i like her in big eyes i think big eyes is such an underrated movie oh I can't go there, but you I, know. Know, I know you're a bigger Tim Burton guy than I am. Yeah, and it was, like, kind of the last time I felt any sort of, like, um, like authenticity from Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And then from there, I would... I mean, on one hand, I can't say American Hustle, because, like, American Hustle hasn't aged particularly well, but I do love her in that movie. I, that would be in my top five. I think that yeah, is a just, like gigantic mess of a movie that I think people have kind of come around come around to to being like, was that good? But like, I do remember walking out of that and thinking she kind of like blew everyone else. Yeah, off the female the female performances in that movie are pr- like kind of shockingly elevated above the male performances i feel like and those are the like her and i know a lot of people have problems with jennifer lawrence in that movie i love her in that movie i think her and amy adams especially when they're together are just really compelling and it is definitely her biggest performance not like in that it's overacted in the sense of like how this movie is but i do think it's the one where she gets to be kind of the most ostentatious and over the top and still bring forward a natural like intensity to it and i think that's really that was fun to watch um also her costume design in that movie is just like it is like a a benchmark in gay culture so like it's it's yeah i i would say american hustles number five honorable mention goes to doubt which is a great understated performance from her. Oh, okay. And then um, I'd, I'd probably give I'd, I have Enchanted. to give a shout out to the Muppet movie. Yeah, her Disney stuff is great. Like Enchanted, she, the Muppet movie, she has a really approachable attitude that's really pleasant for families, but also mm-hmm. can do that really dark stuff too. So you know, when she's you know in that, or even like Talladega Nights before she really blew I, up. I was because just about to say it took me until like 2012 to realize that was her. I think that's the funniest scene in the entire movie is is her like I scene in the bar Talladega with Farrell is so, so funny. <laughs> I mm. unironically think that movie is hilarious. I think it's so good. Um those Adam McKay Will Farrell comedies like I they aged well. I, I think it's so weird that like we're now like because he's this like prestige like docudrama guy, but like th- those I think are the like insightful socio political yeah. movies that he's Adam made. McKay is kind of the like anti David Gordon Green, where it's like you started off in comedies and then like did a good drama and then just dropped off. 
because no one like takes you seriously. And then David Gordon Green, it's like you did some kind of bad comedies, but now you're a great. You did a you're a great, uh, like drama director or horror director. You know, mm-hmm. he's very much so in that. But yeah, I think Talladega Nights is great, and then you know something like Enchanted, uh, The Muppets, or even um, Night at the Museum. Oh, I forgot she's, she's, she's in that. Yeah, she's very charming in those movies too. Um, I I also thought of Junebug while I was watching this. I don't know if you've seen that was kind of her like breakout performance. Yeah. And it, you know, is a movie about you know like a small like rural North Carolina family, and I think she brings so much more humanity and naturalism to that performance than sh- she does in the entirety of Hillbilly Elegy, which just felt like a lot of like screaming and like big gesture choices yeah. and I, I i don't know this this entire performance did not um work for me at all well, and I, especially... I, I was really just disappointed to see her go into a mode that i don't think is like in her skill set as an actress yeah and i mean like it really does come down to the material too because when you think about you know something for me some of my favorite movies involving uh rural people are like june bug they are especially like deborah granick's movies like leave no trace which mm, obviously yeah. is uh is Nor- pacific northwest but one of my favorite movies one of my favorite performances ever is winter's bone and jennifer lawrence's performance within it everything is so it's so indie and small and without this sort of like outsider looking in pretentiousness to it it's like yes. there's not this really like oh wow look at how these people live. It's like no, there is an understanding. It feels like it was made by someone who really does understand that type of life. And uh and I think Jennifer Lawrence, you know, coming from Kentucky and just just kind of recently finding her footing as an actress like hit that role I think perfectly. And I think it's her best performance also so yeah i i think it's interesting that you brought up deborah granick because i i've seen like a couple people um in the last couple days mention her and mention sean baker is yes kinds of filmmakers who like it's saying sort of pushing back against some of the the pushback to the negative critical reaction which was just like you people just hate Trump supporters in middle America and being like, no, I, I think there's a good version of this story that you probably could have done. I think you, but, and mentioning those two filmmakers as yeah. Cause Deborah Granite good filmmakers the- to give it an authenticity yeah. to that part of the country. And like, I, Deborah Granick would not shoot a sequence of, about like, um, you know, someone not knowing what fork to use at like a fancy dinner Deborah Granick would not shoot a scene like that. Like it was saving private Ryan, which I I think there's, <laughs> do you know what's what shot I'm talking about? I I've seen several people point to it as like the single worst shot in any like movie oh, this year. No. Not off the top of my head. It's, it's seen. where like the, the college age Vance is at the like dinner with the lawyers and yeah. he like sits down at the table and it's the like fancy dinner set up with like, the various knives and forks and ron howard shoots it in this like disoriented like oh, yeah way and it's it is like the most kind of like 
beat you over the head sort of like that was one of the more offensive moments where i was just like is he's not an idiot like right like i'm sure he's nervous but he's not fucking stupid excuse me he's not stupid like let's be real It, it it's just one of those moments where i'm just like oh okay the person directing this really doesn't know what that experience is like because most of the time people don't like run off and are like like crying to their girlfriend on the phone you just kind of run with it literally just i just found it weird like i i think there's a way you could make that bring sort of like a comedy or a drama out of that sequence but i i just like rolled my eyes so hard the way that like howard just chose to shoot it like the scene in Casino Royale when, like, Daniel Craig is drugged is how I feel like. Like, like he's not going to get the job if he doesn't use the right fork. Like, they're, like, electrified. Like, if he yeah, chooses he, like, the wrong one, he's going to Yeah, he, like, runs out of the room sweating and stuff. I was like, get, get out of here. Like, that... Like, this man is it, having it just... an aneurysm. <laughs> it's, uh... yeah, it's just also uh, misguided in that sense of, like, yeah, I get that they're trying to, like, give a story of like a a portion of the population that is underrepresented but i'm sorry what fork to use at dinner is not one of our big concerns like it's not really like what people go through when they are being quote cultured it's not one of like it's it's everything they focus on it's just like this isn't something that someone would do and right if you did do this I'm more inclined to think that you're a sociopath, J.D. Vance. Even if it did happen, I I think there's just a way you can convey some of that stuff in a way that just feels more feels more natural. Or, you know, you can pick another way to, you know, you don't have to do things as they actually happen. I, I don't know. Let's, let's maybe tie things up because we're getting near to the end with as put your Oscar prognosticator hat on and uh, I don't Netflix, I think clearly was envisioning this to be one of their big Oscar players, along with a movie you and I previously talked about um, trial of Chicago seven and Mank, which uh, I'll be covering next week on this show. Um, I don't, do you think that's still going to happen or has the kind of like bad reception to this movie kind of, killed any momentum that it was going to have um well on one hand i really want to be like absolutely not like it will never like this movie will never get an oscar nomination it's it's just they can't on the other hand um i'm not putting any sort of bamboozlement or just mess uh I'm not going to like discount that from the Oscars capabilities. So I would hope no. I really hope not because I don't think this movie deserves an Oscar in any category. Like not Glenn Close, not Amy Adams. I love them. Sure, this was their like their claw for it, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. And this movie didn't work. And I think just because just because someone made something to snag an Oscar does not mean that you have to dignify them with it. And I just do not think that there is anything in this movie other than this, like, weird, like, like you said, pat on the back nature of it all of just, like, oh, like, 
people from people from out the, outside the city are people too like this real like oh god i just hate both sides of how it's being portrayed how it's both mm-hmm. like this i know coastal elite but also um denigrating to both sides in that it, that no one looks good in this movie i feel like everyone everyone takes on such a caricature that it just makes humans look all like just terrible people and you know i mean like i even think of a moment i have in my notes here of like when amy adams was going off about how easter eggs were her family heirlooms i was like what like really this is like that how like how this these people are white trash can you get like how more can you really make it look just like beat the what am i beat the audience over the head of like "Mm, these people are different than you they're really not and like i just wouldn't i don't think anything in this movie feels natural i don't think anything in this movie feels authentic and i don't think that anything in this movie feels remotely realistic and on top of that i think it's just clunkily made all together too so yeah this movie is dark-sided well I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the the Glenn Close Amy Adams stuff, but I'm I'm maybe a little bit with you of thinking that I I think any Best Picture or I think anything outside those if two it makes it into Best Picture, I, think I is... swear to God, I swear to God, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. Glenn Close Amy Adams, whatever you were gunning for it maybe you can pull it off they're not gonna win it but like go for it i guess rip off someone who probably actually deserves it but anything else like i swear to god if this pulls a best adapted screenplay nomination i'm going to like self-destruct well hunter we'll have to have you back once once we know more about uh how the oscars are gonna shake out this year which uh by my calculation will be in um five to six months <laughs> yeah god who knows at this point uh thank thank you thank you again thank and you for you having can, uh, me yes all right next week on film inquiries the latest uh we're gonna have josh martin back to discuss all things mank including citizen kane the wider career of david fincher old hollywood it's it's gonna be a blast so give sure alien to- three my regards uh, I will. I'll send a, a special Christmas card to Alien 3 for you.